Welcome back to the Football Fitness Federation podcast. This is episode 165. This episode is with Angel Asina. Angel is the head rehab fitness coach at Watford and it was great to have him on the podcast. Someone that I've been pestering for ages on Twitter. So it was great to finally get him on the podcast. He spoke about his career what's led him up to working in the Premier League and all the different leagues that he's worked in, the different environments, the different cultures. He spoke about his initial thoughts on the Premier League and how uh, the demands of the Premier League impacts his role. He spoke about maintaining fitness in season, dealing with detraining, and then also manipulating training load and the management of injury risk throughout a season. And then he spoke about the main focus of rehab as well, something that I touched on in the last episode with Jason O'Keefe, getting a player back or getting a, sorry, getting a player back quickest or getting a, be, a player back in the best condition. So we touched on loads in this episode, a little bit more about around rehab in this one as well, which I know is a big part of his current role at Watford too. So just before we get into it, as this episode goes out, um, it'll actually go out the day before our Nottingham Forest event. We've already got plenty of coaches booked onto the event, but as you listen to this, if you listen to this on the Wednesday this goes out, we do still have tickets available, so head over to footballfitfed.com and click the shop. You'll be able to purchase a ticket there and come and join us at the City Ground, 6 till 9pm. We've got loads of networking tasks for you, as well as presentations from Brent Dickinson and Mark Devonshire, both from Nottingham Forest. And also Simon Brundish from Derby County Ladies is also presenting for us. So loads of great presentations and chances to interact with practitioners at that event. And then the final event of 2021, we are going to be in the Northwest, Salford City, the Peninsula Stadium with Damien Hughes, Damien is going to be presenting on who wants to be a high performer. We're going to talk about aspects that he touches on in his book. Everyone who actually purchases a ticket for this event get a copy. gets a copy of the new high performance book as well. Um, we've already had a number of tickets go for this one. We've got practitioners from Man United, West Brom, Blackburn Rovers, from Blackpool, loads of Northwest clubs and clubs in the, in the area. But I know that there's, there are practitioners traveling for this event as well. So it's set to be a really good event. But again, still got tickets available. We probably are going to set a closing date on tickets just because we need to sort the books out. So just keep an eye out for that. And if you've not got your ticket already for that event, make sure you grab it this week um, because we will have to close the tickets at some point for that event. But if you want tickets for either, head over to footballfitfed.com, click the shop tab, and you'll be able to purchase tickets for either Knox Forest or the Salford City event with Damien Hughes. And also we'll be confirming our first few events of 2022 um, very shortly too. So keep an eye out for those. But that's enough of me waffling on. Let's get into the podcast. Episode 165 with Angel Asena, Head Rehab Fitness Coach at Watford. Just finally, before we get into the podcast, I just forgot to mention that the signal on this podcast isn't great. So there are times where it does cut out a little bit. I was contemplating re-recording with Angel, but I think there's some great content in it. Uh, to be honest, the video is a little bit worse than the audio. So if you are listening to it, you might not notice it as much. Um, but the video is a little bit affected over on YouTube. So I hope you still enjoy the podcast with Angel. 
Welcome back to the Football Fitness Federation podcast. This is episode 165, and I'm delighted to be joined by Angel Asina. Angel is the head rehab fitness coach at Watford, someone that I've stalked for quite a while, to be fair, on Twitter. I've not left him alone. Um, and when he came over to the UK, I had to get him on the podcast. So, Angel, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Ben. It's, it's a privilege for, for me. It's proud to, to share my, my views and my opinion about fitness in, in football. And delight for to stay with you and, and spend this, this, this hour with, with you. <laughs> Perfect. So it's great to have you on. Um, and I want to just go into your background a little bit to start with. So can you talk us through like the clubs you've been at, the previous roles you've had, and then also take us up and give us a little bit of information on your current role at Watford? Yeah, of course. Uh, well, I, I started my, my career. Uh, obviously, I, I don't start in Elite. I, I spent some years in amateur football in, in Spain. Uh, I spent... This, this is a, a message for, for all our colleagues or the, the young students that finish the, 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 the university degrees and they want to, to start in, in a hurry in elite football. You know that it's, it's difficult. And so a lot of people will spend more than eight years in amateur football, uh, third, uh, fourth division in Spain. And well, I have the chance in 2015 uh, to, to, to join in, in Sevilla Football Club in the first team of Real Fitness Coach. Uh, it's uh, through my, my close friend Moises de Hoyo. Uh, well, uh, we spent three, almost three years in, in Sevilla Football Club. Uh, you know, we, we, we win the European League trophies, uh, Super Cups, uh, Copa del Rey. Uh, well, it was, um, was amazing. Uh, it was uh, a very good experience. So after Seville, uh, I, I have the opportunity to, to go with Costa Rica national team in World Cup in, in Russia. It was an amazing experience. Uh, as a fitness coach and assistant fitness coach, uh, well, for me, is have the opportunity to, to go to a World Cup uh, with a national team. Uh, it's, it's, for me, is the most top experience in, in my career. Obviously, now in Premier League, it's top top. World Cup is another 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 experience, another world. And after World Cup, well, I have the a short, a brief uh, period in, in Holland in with with Vitesse. Well, it's almost uh, I think it's not reached to two months. Well, uh, different problems, uh, you know, my personal situation and problems with, with, with my, my personal situation is, uh, did that I, I, I left the, the club and come back to Spain. And then, well, it's another experience in Qatar with Qatar Sport Club in Qatar Star League. Well, another experience is different. Uh, obviously, the level of professionality there is, is too much lower than than top leagues. Uh, now it's good, uh, you know, it's a, a good place to to stay in football because they the World Cup. But in individual, if the clubs, uh, there are a, a lot, a, a long, a long way to to do about about uh, professionalization in, in the football player in Qatar. 
And after Qatar, yes, I another exotic experience with Zambia uh, national team under 23 with the African Cup for the is the tournament for the Olympic Games in Tokyo. Uh, well, this another experience, uh, African football. This this is the only the only the only place that I have been working is in Oceania and Australia. So this is the this is the only the only one that I have, I, I need to go back. So uh, and after this, uh, I, I I work in Albacete Balompié in second division, La Liga in Spain. After Albacete Badajoz, second division as well. And well, I I had the opportunity to, to come to the Premier League for Watford. Uh, throughout, uh, you remember is Moises de Ojo was working in, in Watford last last season. Mm. Alvaro Reina as well is college. Jordi Garcia is my other friend that called me from come here to 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 develop and try to to help with the performance department and well this is this is now enjoying the premier league is nice league and for me it's perfect so angel in terms of your roles you've worked with obviously a lot of different squads there from um from teams over in Spain to international teams to different teams in Europe, different squads in Europe. Do you think it's it's crucial for practitioners like yourself to go and get that experience in completely different environments? Yeah, as, as I told you, and when, when I stay in, in Qatar, there are a lot of difference uh, for me. Uh, the main difference about the structure of the clubs, the facility of different clubs for me is uh, the, the the, I, I call always I call the the invisible training or the blind training. This is this is the part of the of the life of the of the player of the athlete that is not under the supervision of the of the athletic the athletic trainer coaches and in his private life. Um, for me, this is a, a good a big difference between the top clubs, uh, top uh, level players, and. and players of club with with less level obviously uh, increase the quality of the facilities uh, allow you to, to do a, a perfect work uh, you know do a very good training according with your with your mentality with your methodology but for me uh, the main difference is Obviously, difference in techniques, in, co- in coordinative, you know, technique, tactics, and physical. Uh, I have seen that uh, the explosive action in top-level players, uh, peak speeds, uh, high-intensity running is higher in, in top uh, players uh, than the players that are not for top level. Even there are a lot of studies that show that uh, uh, total distance is not a good metric or good indicator for the performance of the of the player of the of the teams. And yes, in the other hand, this is a good indicator: the high intensity running and split distance uh, from difference uh, take a difference between top teams and not top teams. And so this is for for me. This is the main difference between. No, that's great. And I wanted to ask as well about, because with your different experiences, what's been your initial perception or views of the Premier League in terms of the league as a whole, but also like the schedule and how it affects your role? Yeah, for me, it's very hard league, maybe even uh, harder than, than Spanish league, La Liga. Uh, 
for the level of the all clubs. Um, I think for, for the type of, of the football he is doing here, because I, I have seen that here, uh, uh, the, the game is not finished until 19 minutes. And I have seen the games, uh, I remember our game with uh, against Everton, uh, we are losing in 80 minutes and in less than 50 minutes we score four goals. And so this is... Yeah. Uh, uh, they are the, the games are going to go on return, a lot of transitions, uh, so direct, direct uh, style of play, uh, wingers so fast, uh, high intensity in the individual duels, one against one, two against two. Uh, well, this is for me, this is the spectacle of, of this league is higher than, than the Spanish league. Maybe there are less positional attacks. Uh, if you put out, for example, Manchester City, that is, uh, I think, is another style of uh, different, uh, different style of play. But um, this, this, uh, the spectacle is for 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 this type of play, uh, for the, for the intensity, for for a lot of transition, the, the high intensity of the individual duels between players, and so this is uh, one of the things for me is uh, with the differential aspect for for this league. And it, has it meant that you've had to make many changes to your approach? So the approach you took working in Spain or Holland or even with some of the national teams that you've worked with, is there anything that you've sort of come into your role at Watford and gone, wow, I'm going to have to change this to, to work in the Premier League or, or not so much? Uh, well, finally, I'm just saying a little football. There are uh, sometimes uh, more uh, simil uh, similarities than, than, than differences. This is, uh, at the end, uh, you work with elite players. Um, for me, uh, if you put in another hand, uh, you know, the level of the facilities, obviously, here, of course, and I think in general in the all Premier League clubs, uh, the level of the facilities, you know, the, the investment of technologies, uh, the organization of the all department, medical department, scouting, performance department, coaching staff is is is, is higher, is is top level. And so, uh, if uh, we, we we take into account this 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 aspect, I think uh, obviously you know with the different with another list with uh, you know African Qatar, this uh, with level is is, is very low, is uh, difference. Uh, in comparison with with least another different, but I think well uh, uh, maybe the, the, the similarities are are, are, are the same. Uh, now uh, elite football, uh, you can see some videos in social nets. You know for the strength training, for the individual program, for the prevention, uh, even the the, the fitness uh, training on the pitch. Uh, there are a lot of similarities. I, I mm. think. Uh, Top clubs, you can see the videos about the powers and training and focus on the power, focus on the force velocity, focus on the functional movement. Uh, if you, 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 you watch the, the videos about the fitness uh, training on the pitch, you can see intermittent training, uh, working in the worst case scenario. This is, so I think, there are more similarities than difference between the different, different clubs and teams. Yeah. Perfect. And you touched on something there that I was going to ask next in terms of maintaining fitness throughout a season, because it's a super busy season. Obviously, a yeah. lot of stress go on to the players with the schedule, but also 
going away on internationals and everything else that you've got going on in the season. So if, if I was to ask a little bit of a broad question to start with, in terms of your philosophy, your approach on maintaining fitness and keeping players fit? Well, uh, when uh, I, uh, top level league starts like this one, for, for example, Premier League, uh, and if you are a no, club that is not inside the European Cups, uh, even in this case, when you play uh, between six, seven days, now we are going to play between two and three days with uh, this congestion period in, in December. Uh, it's difficult, you know, it's difficult to make another periodization that is go so far that microsite or structural or tactical periodization is almost impossible in elite football. You know, uh, all the weeks you have a peak in the load that is the game. Um, all the uh, progression or you know all the planification of the week is depends of this game. Um, you have to to work uh, from the last game and manage this fatigue and this recover from the last game, and manage the activate the optimization at the the window of activation from the next game. And so, uh, for me, the, the most important is a good training load uh, in the microsite. Um, for this reason, for me. Uh, taking account a lot of uh, college, a lot of research, a lot of things about etc, etc. It's key to maintain this different in spikes of load between a, a, a safe range, a safe threshold. It's, it's between 15-20% the difference above of under on training load. And so for me this is this is the key. This is the key. And I always say the same, the, the, the best uh, option or the best strategy to, to uh, Reduction injuries is not a good individual prevention program. It's the good uh, monitoring, a good of training load, because this is this is this is the key. And so, the, how is the maintain the fitness during during a session <laughs> through the all competitions? Uh, because really, in seven days you have only two days for optimization. You know, it's minus four and minus three. This is the days for, for optimization. You, you can include the strength, power training, and the high intensity running distance, long distances, uh, and so on. Maybe another third day for activation in which you, you can do it, uh, you know, the take decision, pay PAP with a throw, low volume and high intensity for vertical horizontal vector, squat, hip thrust, etc. But really, there are only two trainings in which uh, you increase uh, a little bit uh, the training load. So for me, in elite football, uh, this fitness, the fitness, uh, this, this, this fitness uh, level of the player is <laughs> almost throughout the competition, obviously, uh, focusing in during, during the week in these two days in, in this specific aspect for, for power, for velocity and, and high intensity running. Brilliant. Yeah, that, that ties into a podcast I did quite a while ago with um, a coach who's at Preston called Tom Little. I'm not sure if you've seen um, any of Tom's work, but he, he his podcast was titled Managing the Microcycle. And that's basically what we talked about is that because a, a football season is so chaotic, You've got yes. to take charge of the microcycle and then deal with week by week what, what's going on because it, things change, don't they? Yeah. I'm sure you've come across that already, like with what you do. Yeah. Things change at the drop of a hat. 
So I think it's really interesting how your yeah. um, your role and responsibilities change with factors that are out of your control. Yes. Yes, this is, this is obviously, but really uh, now in the, the, the role, you know, is more and we have fitness. And so I, I have intervention in some aspect for, for the training, but uh, all my, my, my 98% is, uh, you know, the, 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 the rehab process of the, of the player, obviously well, individual programs and, and some for the recovery strategies. But uh, this is, but, uh, now I'm, Focus more on the on the on the rehabilitation of the reconditioning of this of this player and and well this is well uh, you know I have been fitness coach the main fitness coach in the past in other clubs and this is uh, because I, I I know that uh, you can adapt or you, uh, you should use your uh, periodization or micro cycle tactical periodization in the whole team and in the rehab process. And, and this is, I, I manage the, the, the weeks and the, and the rehab weeks with the player uh, from the philosophy of the micro-psych uh, with the same days, minus four, minus three, minus two, minus one, because this is, this is the key. When the player returns to play with the rest of the team, he needs to continue with, this, with, with these weeks. And so for me, the best way to approach to the normal week when the player returns to play is obviously in the phases when you can do it, pre-optimization, optimization, close to return to play, is very precise uh, weeks for rehab or reconditioning from normal microcyte uh, is similar for, 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 for the team. And so this is how I adapt my, my previous role of fitness coach or a fitness coach or rehab program yeah it's really interesting and the other part of it obviously is the the detraining um side of of training and dealing with the squad because obviously with the amount of players you're having to work with not all the players are are playing all the time um how does that that factor into your your philosophy and your way of working yeah this is um you know this is another another problem but when you have natural weeks, you know, seven days, it's easy because you can do it a, a day plus one. Uh, when one, one part of the team do the recovery training, the other part of the team, is, uh, you can do it the, the threshold what you think. But in my case, in the past, I always, I always use more than 60 minutes and less than 60 minutes to, to do the top-up session or the compensatory session for the non-starter players and the players who start and, uh, and who, who do the recover. But the problem is when you have a congestion period, like now, in which you have three days between games, two games, two days between games, and so in these cases, the top-ups, uh, you have to focus uh, a short top-ups uh, after the, the, the game immediately, because if not, it's impossible, because uh, you don't know which of these players who are doing the top-up, uh, even if you choose, uh, for example, uh, you play on, on Sunday, in, in our case, you play on Sunday and you uh, we play Wednesday again. If you do a big, big, big top-up in, in Monday, you don't know if this player, one of these players, is going to, to play on Wednesday. And it's one day less for recover. Uh, obviously, it's not the game, obviously, 
I always say the same. Uh, no, there is no session that uh, achieve, uh, in general, the, the exigence, uh, emotional, physical, uh, psychological, for, for the game. This is, but well, you, you can do it a good top up with a lot of sprint, high intensity running. That this is the, the action, the metrics that demand a lot of fatigue in the player. And maybe if you do too much more, and you have less than two less than two days for the next game, and so this is 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 difficult. It's difficult to manage this situation when you have a lot of competition in in short periods. Uh, this is uh, this is a challenge that uh, all fitness coaches in the elite clubs uh, have to to you know to take the take the decision how is how how can fight about the training of the player because you know the rotation is the ideal ideal, ideal situation but sometimes you can rotate you have uh, 13 14 players uh, you have another five six players that play uh, too low uh, a few minutes and so this is the problem how to keep not how to to recover the player because you know uh, as, <laughs> speaking about uh, the last uh, question is not uh, the player who is playing all the weekends maintains the, the, the fitness more or less this is but how, how what happened with the player who play one weekend 10 minutes and the next weekend nothing and the next this is this is the challenge for keep the fitness state and avoid the training of these players and well this is uh, normal weeks, uh, good top-ups, uh, focus on the, in the different aspects. Uh, obviously, no forget the power for velocity training and, and, and no forget, obviously, for, for, for the high-intensity running, sprint, uh, sprint distance. That, uh, at the end, is the, for the prevention and for the performance and the, the competition. Yeah, brilliant. I suppose that ties into something that you've already spoke about. Well, firstly, in terms of like taking advantage of any um, free time or times that you can sort of expose players, isn't it? Well, then that also ties in with what you spoke about before in terms of, again, managing that microcycle and, and dealing with yeah. things on a weekly or probably not even a weekly level sometimes, just in, from game to game. Excuse me, Ben. What are you asking me about? Yeah, so I was just, I was just saying that just to sort of summarise on that point. Yeah. Two things that stand out for me is one, trying to take advantage of any any time you have available. So you were talking about top ups. Um, you were talking yeah. about working after games. So yes. those those times are crucial, aren't they? Because they're the times that you've got exposure. You can expose players, but also. The other side of that is what we spoke about before is um, that has to come with managing a small period like the micro cycle because that you have to adapt to whatever you've got available, really. Yes, yes. Uh, this is, this is, this is the, 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 for me, it's the, the, the most difficult. Uh, 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 this, just sometimes uh, the ideal uh, situation, you know, this is... Uh, to the top up now, um, uh, but you manage if, if some of this one has doing the top up now is going to play the, in the next game. And if we have a short time, it's, 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 it's very difficult. I remember when I was working in, in Albacete in second division, La Liga, it, it was immediately after lockdown and we play 
between two three days no more and it's, it was uh, I remember 12 games and this was the this problem was uh, we think about how is the, the best way to, to do it if we do a top up immediately obviously it's, it's difficult uh, because you know if uh, someone who has experience in, in football knows that a top up after a game immediately after the game uh, the best option is without ball. This is uh, obviously uh, always the ball is more specific after a game. The best option is without ball and uh, focus on the high speed running, sprint running, change of direction. Uh, this is an intermittent. But uh, this is uh, you put out put out the, the specific aspect of the, of the football, one of the aspect of the ball, but. Uh, this is the only the only way to, to do a, a good top up uh, immediately after the game. If you wait for the next game, maybe you have enough time to recover for the for the next game. And so uh, I have thought a lot of time about it. Um, finally, always think the same. Uh, try to you know is go directly for for the for the most important at this moment. Uh, because uh, after a game you have 20-25 minutes no more to make a short top up for this player focus on the on the high speed running and sprint. Maybe next day if you have seven days you can complete with a little bit more distance, something on the strength, uh, small side games for acceleration deceleration. But if you haven't you have two three days, maybe the next day is focus a little bit in another aspect uh, and prepare the next game. Brilliant. Just a very quick update on our online community. If you came to our Newcastle United event, you will have seen the presentation by Dawn Scott. Dawn presented on Evolving with Women's Football. That presentation is now available to watch back on demand over on our online platform. So if you couldn't make the event or you came and you want to watch it back, it is now available to watch over on the platform. Um, we will also be uploading, as I record the edit to this, we are um, going, going to be recording a Q&A with Dawn, just following on from that presentation. And again, that will be uploaded onto the online community so you can get access to both of those, as well as all, all of our presentations from the Nottingham Forest event from Brent Dickinson, Mark Devonshire and Simon Brundish. All those presentations will be uploaded next week um, after the event over at Knott's Forest. So if you're not already a community member, grab yourself a free month to see exactly what it's all about by going to footballfitfair.com, click the community tab, sign yourself up there and that will give you one month free. After the free month, it's only £4.99 per month going forward. So go and check it out. Go and grab your free month and take advantage of all the great content that's on there. Here's part two of the podcast with Angel. And yeah. Angel, I couldn't get you on with because I know your role now you've mentioned is is a little bit more rehab based. So in the previous episode, I brought up a topic and a question, and I think it'll be really good for you to tackle as well. So the question is, when you're going through a rehab process, which one of these is your primary goal? Is it to get the player back as quick as possible? Or is it to get the player back in the best condition possible? And I know there might not be one one answer or the other, but a really interesting... Um, I just thought it'd be interesting to get your point of view on this one. 
Yeah, this is this is this is a good question. But always in when I have to do a conference or master degrees, etc., I always uh, speak about my is a decalogue. It's a, a list of 10, 10 items that for me is important. And one of these is uh, in rehab process, the best rehabilitation process is is not the quickest. If not, is uh, this rehab process that you <laughs> have not to repeat two times, you know? Yeah, <laughs> this is, yeah exactly. And so for me, uh, the balance is not go to in, in, like in a rush, okay? It's because, you know, the, the healing process, the healing for the, the healing of the tissues is the biological process. Uh, we can do miracles about this. You can use PRP. There are some research that uh, says that it's good for healing, but not for accelerate a little bit. It's not. And so in football, you know, we, we have a, a temptation for get the medals uh, when when we are. And, you know, the stars here in this in this spectacular the football player. Uh, in our case, I always say the same. I try to help. But I have to disturb the less, the less, <laughs> at less. And so for me, is complete the rehab process. Uh, and this is included the biology, the healing of the healing a biological process, repair for the tissues, uh, complete different phases for the rehab program, the injury phase, uh, rehabilitation with the orienta orientation approach, and reconditioning for pre-optimization, optimization, or return to play, return to train, return to competition, return to performance. You know, mm. you get the backdoor uh, studies and now the, the different uh, focus of the rehab. Uh, for me, this is... And so if, if I have the balance between go quick and complete a rehab program, for me, it's complete a rehab program and take uh, being sure with a return to play test that the player minimal is ready to, to train with the, with the team then we need uh, uh, to complete the, the training load add up to the to, to the week weekly uh, normal schedule for for the rest of the team and for, but for me this is uh, sometimes you know uh, acls why the old acl is in six months we have uh, seen a lot of research in Higwet and uh, they show that uh, between 12 and 24, uh, 24 months is the period of ligamentation of the, of the plastia with ACL. So why six months? Obviously, in six months, uh, a little football player can change of direction, can take the ball, can... It's normal, but the risk of the re-injure is high. Of yeah. If we speak about ham arms, hamstring, Injured now. Why three, four weeks? Now there are a lot of studies that show that minimal six weeks. Depend, depend. Now depend is different. Hamstring is proximal, distal. Is different if it's myofascial or affect to the to the tendon. Is different, obviously. But in general, speaking in general, for me, I prefer complete the whole rehab program with the whole phases. Uh, a good screening for the uh, you know KPEs or criteria. Uh, criteria for uh, advance for one stage to other stage and finally good return to play test to, to, to being sure that oh, this player is okay for join now the, the rest of the, the session with the team so this is my mentality i prefer for the reason i haven't got any medals 
for <laughs> for going <laughs> with no I, I prefer this is this is this is my mentality so no it's brilliant it's a, it's a great uh, perspective on that and i think it's just an interesting question but it, i suppose it brings up the uh, conversation around who because at certain clubs i'm sure that will be fine the the process will sort of be left to whoever's in charge of that rehab process and it'll be on someone like yourself to say this player is ready to train, this player is ready to play. But I know at other clubs, there's going to be yeah. other influences where managers are going to be a little bit pushy and be like, yeah. is he ready? Are they ready? Are they ready? And maybe that yeah. is when players are put into competition too early. And that is unfortunately when we see re-injuries happen, isn't it? So I, I appreciate everything you said then. I think it's spot on. Um, but I know yeah. that there are other factors, aren't there, with some clubs? Because I, I think, Ben, that uh, with this question, uh, we have in, in all clubs the tendency to compare different, uh, compare the same injury in different players, and this is a big mistake. Yeah. Because this not, it's not a. Uh, I don't work. Uh, I don't. I not rehab injured. I rehab a player or even a, a person or an athlete with a. Puntual problem, and so when you put uh, the same injury in different athletes or different person, is different uh, process, different injury is different. I have seen this year uh, uh, two collateral medials of the knee. Uh, one player is uh, one thing, and with another player is also absolutely different thing. Is the same club, the same year. Um, can you feel with one player is different and with other? And it's the same structure, it's the same <laughs> injury in theory, and this is and so we can't we can't compare the same in theory injury in different players because it's totally different. This is no, it's brilliant. Great, great point that. Um, and I just think it's really important for for people to hear, especially from someone like yourself. Um, Angel, we we always finish the podcast with some. Yeah. I always call them quick fire, but they don't have to be that quick in terms of the the um, responses. Yeah. Just three questions that I finish every yeah. podcast with. Um, yeah. It'd be interesting to get your answers on these. But the first one being, who are some of the biggest influences on your career so far? Well, yes, uh, I remember in. In terms of fitness, you know, the mirror of another fitness coach for me, uh, Paco Segrulo, one of this one for, for the biggest name, uh, Juan Jose González Badillo for the strength training uh, was uh, one another uh, who is, and now with another colleague who is, uh, I, I, I think his, his work is amazing. You know, I just spoke about Moises de Hoyo. Is now in Villarreal. Uh, this is for me is one of the tops, uh, brilliant fitness coach. He's, he was my mentor in, in the past. He, he called me in the past uh, for for Sevilla Football Club. Um, you know, uh, in the professional and the research. And so this 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 for me is this are one of the person who is uh, the biggest uh, names in the. In the, in the fitness uh, in the fitness profession you know now uh, I know we have a very good uh, I, I, I love and, and try to to get everything for the all college uh, 
uh, I have very good relationships with all uh, colleagues. Um, I try to learn everything for 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 everyone here this year with Jordi Garcia. The first time I learned a lot of is a top professional. Now with Carlo, is fitness coach of uh, Claudio is uh, very good fitness coach. I'm trying to learn different things. Well, I think we, we are in our profession. We are around with a very good professional, and I always try to to learn for for everyone. And that's the best way, isn't it? Being yeah. a sponge and literally yeah. listening and learning yeah. from everyone. Um, the next one is: What would you say your biggest strength is as a practitioner? Always oh, my biggest. Your biggest, my... your biggest strength. So, in terms of like your uh, yeah, best skill yeah, or yeah, attribute. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you know, I, I I have in, improved. Uh, my connection with with the with the player, my my emotional aspect. I think uh, in the last years, uh, when you increase your experience, uh, because you know the research knowledge, it's, it's normal. You you when you work in in top level, uh, you have to you know. In my case, I you know I teach in a lot of master degrees, conference. You have to keep uh, your update. You 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 must be update every day or every week for. Uh, uh, new research, everything. But I think my, my, my best, my big imp uh, improvement in this last year is about the emotional and psychological aspect. You know, I think finally you, you work with with person. Uh, this is the the contact, the connection with the with the player, trying to you know uh, get uh, get him uh, good self confidence, uh, manage this this aspect. Uh, you know, and so. For me, I I think that I have improved in this in this aspect a lot a lot. Um, this is <laughs> it's a great point that, and it's something that a lot of people have yeah. talked about before yeah. on the podcast because yeah. it's fine having the knowledge, isn't it? But if you don't have that connection with players, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. yeah. So sure. yeah, this is this is a, sometimes I I tell uh, sometimes we are focused on the laptop on the data. And, and we don't look for the eyes of the player. Yeah. And sometimes we need look, uh, you know, in front, look to the face and feel the sensation and, and look less for the laptop for the information. That is important, obviously. But yeah. this, is, this is, yeah. It tells you a lot, that, doesn't it? Having that conversation yeah. with someone looking in their eyes, it tells you a lot. This is. <laughs> Brilliant. And then just the final one is what is your approach to, I always ask about CPD, so it's like continued professional development, but in terms of just like growing as a practitioner, improving day on day, like what's your approach to that? Is it reading articles? Is it certain podcasts? Is it certain websites? Is it what, how do you improve? Really reading about, uh, listening about everything. Uh, now, I think, for example, if I focus only on rehab now, I, I think uh, the, the, the rest of the... I, I'm going to lose uh, a lot of things about the, the other things. And so I try to... Top is different aspects. Uh, obviously, the rehab is important. Uh, now, when you have in rehab process, uh, you have to read research about this, this injury in, in, in specific, because it's normal. But... Uh, a podcast for 
uh, you know, and now I, I, I and this uh, relate with this aspect about uh, emotional connection, psychological. I have to uh, reading. I have to to feeling a little bit about about this aspect because I think is the most important. I think with the if you uh, if you are able to to connect with the player, uh, even with the you know with the it's not words work, but uh, you can get uh, this confidence with the player in, in higher in, in, in higher way and so this is this is so try to I try to feed a different aspect and obviously you know uh, for me uh, training uh, strength training we have process prevention uh, monitoring training load well this is uh, the topic that I usually try to read uh, listen postcards uh, etc this is brilliant. Angel, this has been superb. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Um, yeah. I know you cool. use Twitter quite a bit. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here <and> there. So <laughs> your, your Twitter, yeah. For, yeah. for anyone that's not following you already, is that probably the best place for people to sort of keep an eye on what you've got going on, your work, or would you direct them somewhere else? Well, uh, this is for for uh, now for summarize a little bit for for the you know for 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 these postcards. Say that say that again. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. What? So yeah, I, 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 I a little bit. Angel, if if people wanted to drop you a message or if they wanted to get in contact with you, ah, yeah, would, would sure. Twitter be would Twitter be the best place? Yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay. I, 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 I always a lot of times will receive a lot of messages and so I, it's no problem for me I try to to respond as soon as possible but it's perfect you can uh, include in the postcard uh, my you know my Twitter profile yeah, uh, it's, yeah. Perfect. It's, perfect. it's perfect no problem yeah I'll, I'll just give it everyone now so if you want to give Angel a follow he's at A-C-E-A underscore N-G-E-L so go and give him a follow I know you post yes. loads of great information up on, on Twitter. Um, so I encourage everyone to go and give you a follow over yes. on Twitter. And I'm sure a lot of people are already, but I really appreciate yes. you giving up your time. And it's great to finally get you on the podcast. Um, and mm -hmm. it's also great to have you in the Premier League as well, I've got to say. So thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Um, yes, for me it was it was very short. I, I now I, I can see the, the the time now. It was for me only ten minutes, but <laughs> well, I enjoyed it a lot. And, you know, I'm here, but uh, whatever you want, I'm uh, available and free. But uh, yeah, for the second part or what? What do you need? <laughs> Let's do it. Hundred percent. Thank you. Thank you, mate. Yeah. Thank you, as always, for listening to the podcast. I appreciate everyone tuning in, listening or watching, um, and also everyone that's shouting about it over on social media as well. Um, if we could see more of that going into 2022, that would be amazing because it does help to grow the podcast and grow the listens and the watches that we get on these episodes. And a special thank you as well to Angel for giving up his time and coming on. Um, it was great to chat with him. I think there's some great value in this one as well, which is one reason why I didn't want to re-record because I feel like we touched on so much great stuff. So I hope the signal didn't get in the way of you listening and hearing what he was talking about and seeing it over on YouTube as well. Some of the interesting things that I took away from this, this podcast was he spoke about the game not being finished until 90 plus minutes. Um, and I think that's probably 
one thing that we possibly take for granted a little bit over in in the, the UK uh, that I think we do get a lot of late goals over here. So it's preparing players to play past 90 minutes now. You see, you're seeing games going 96, 97, 98 minutes. Um, and those minutes, like how many games you see where goals are scored in that time. So that's something that we have to we have to contemplate and adapt our practice for. We spoke about always experiences in different leagues, the different demands, but obviously the demands of the Premier League um, that go on to his players and how it, how that impacts what he does. He talked about, and I referenced Tom Little's episode, and if you've not listened to that, go back and listen to the episode with Tom. That was about managing the microcycle, and Angel brought up the exact same sort of debate around managing week to week, managing short term, because things change so much in football. Um, he said, talked about making the most of any sort of available time that you've got. So whether that's around match day, that might be on match day with players that not that haven't played. Um, like because it's such a busy schedule, any free time or available time needs to be taken advantage of. And then in terms of rehab, he, he spoke about working through every stage of rehab. So he said that was really important in terms of the debate around getting back quick or getting back in the best condition. His, his point of view on that is that you need to work through every single stage of the rehab process. And the other factor, massive factor in terms of rehab, rehab the person, not the injury. Because you're dealing with more than just a ligament, a, a, a bone injury. Like you, you're dealing with a person at the same time. And there's a lot of things that go behind that too in terms of psychology, in terms of mindset. Um, and I know we've we've spoke about that a few times before. And if you again to reference to one of the older podcasts, go back and listen to the podcast with Tony Tompos. He spoke about um the whole rehab process when he went through an ACL with a player, um, and it wasn't sh- solely around exercises, sets, reps, things like that. He spoke about the player as well. So some great takeaways from this one. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Go and give Angel a follow. He's at A-C-E-A underscore N-G-E-L. Go and give him a follow over on Twitter. And um, it'll be great to hear from you as well as always about your takeaways on this one. And give it a share because this is one that we've touched a little bit more about rehab. So tag tag um, anyone that fo- little focuses more on rehab in their role, possibly physios, therapists. Um, let's try and spread this one uh, far and wide across football and get people to tune in and listen to what Angel was saying. But as always, I appreciate everyone listening and I'm really excited to bring you the last few podcasts of 2021 and just in the process of planning some big guests as well for 2022. And I really appreciate all your support on this. So I'll speak to you next week in episode 166.